Welcome to a podcast for the Krakoan mutant era with a distinctly black and queer lens. Every episode has a new guest, a single topic, and a ticking timer. This is X of Words. 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 Like, you constantly want her to, like, you know something was up with her, like, this whole time because she's acting shady. She's acting suspicious. Um, she's never giving a good reason why she doesn't want Destiny back. Uh, and then you just see, like, oh, she's back to her old tricks that she was in Life 3. She wants to eradicate mutant kind because it has personally inconvenienced her. Um, and at this point, it's just, like, you know, watching what she went through in uh, X-Lives, X-Deaths of Wolverine. Um, it's just, like, she's entertaining it's fun to watch her like do this but it's also like she needs to get a grip she needs some help i kind of feel i guess it's not just you know feeling betrayed it's also kind of pity because it's like you know she's like raging against the world with all she's got left and it's just like i want her to like stop acting like this i want her to be better i want her to be whole but i don't think that's possible anymore that's kind of her fundamental flaw oh okay um that's a good complicated feeling i think um Mine was when she got her arm cut off, immediately got um, a cable arm, cut her hair in the bathroom and jumped on a motorcycle. And I was like, wait, I want to read this. <laughs> yeah, she was she was going through it. She was having a moment. That That's when I was like, I was really conflicted about it because the character of Moira, I think, stands opposite to everything I believe in, in terms of um, her uh, assimilation desires, in terms of her immediately setting fire to things once she wasn't central to them. Um, but at the same time, it gave me like a, a sort of Terminator, badass mom on the run thing. Oh, absolutely. And I was like, wait, hold on a minute. That could be a fun book. And then I was like, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's Orcus. Yeah, seeing her team up with Orcus was kind of like a, kind of like a, it, was, it seemed inevitable. But it was also kind of like a real final betrayal. It's just like, what have you done? Like, Yeah, very true. <laughs> Not the tiny little side. Which <laughs> <laughs> it, it, makes her a good villain. Like you said, like, you know, it's like she stands opposed to everything we as the readers want and what the main characters want, but she's so engrossing. Like you can't, pull your eyes away from her and she's like she we're so emotionally invested in her like that's what makes her a good big bad and it's unexpected like you know going into krakoa like who thought like moira mctaggart is going to be our big bad it's not humanity it's not um nimrod it's moira mctaggart it's just incredible women's wrongs (laughs) i i'm all here for women's wrongs that's why (laughs) that's why i love destiny mystique as well it's like women's wrongs all the way (laughs) Okay, so, hello, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of X Words. Welcome, thank you for spending the time. Uh, I hope that you're having a good time, you know? Um, Yeah, I hope you're good, first off. But uh, if you're not, if you are, welcome anyway. Uh, We're going to do 10 minutes of mutants, and you know who I am. Uh, So let me introduce you to Josh. Josh is um, an X fan. I've been talking to Josh on Twitter for a while. It's great to have him on the show. Uh, you can follow Josh at Joshington Bear, J-O-S-H-I-N-G-T-O-N underscore B-E-A-R. And um, yeah, Josh, say hi. T- tell us who you are. Hi, everyone. Hello, X fans. Uh, my name is Josh. 
uh, X-Fan here, and I'm excited to sit down with Ash and uh, talk about some mutant problems and how we're going to deal with them. <laughs> so today's question is, how should we deal with Moira? Um, and I understand that that feels like a three-hour question. I get <laughs> I do get it. It's been a three-year question at this point. Truly. No one's managed to figure it out. Um, but let's do it. Okay, I'm going to start right, the timer. And we go... Uh, now, okay. So when I when I what drew you to the question and what made you want to answer it, Josh? Um. So what drew me to this question is like Moira's kind of been like the central problem of Krakoa. It's like everything revolves around her. Like reality re- did revolve around her before she got her powers taken away, and it's like she's this impossible problem to get rid of. It's like Krakoa was built on her, and everything she said was a lie. She seems really hard to get rid of. She is determined to like eradicate mutant kind by any means necessary as a lot of villains have been but she's so enmeshed with the narrative it's like how do you get rid of her can you cleanly get rid of her and what does that mean for everything she's helped create it's it's a very difficult problem um and kind of has more emotion to it than some of the other big bads like sinister it's like yes he's fun but like we just want to get rid of him more is a little more complicated Yeah, agreed. Because she's she's mutant futures. She is. she she represented mutant prosperity. She was the only person who she was our inside. She was our insider trader. She was our inside trader. She, that was, she she could have like been like the best of all of them, and like she kind of she tried to be, or so we think, and she kind of let us here of all places. Yes, um, but she's she's stressful man she she stresses me out every time she turns up i know it's about to be some bullshit and Mm -hmm. on top of that she's become more flagrantly flagrantly disrespectful Um, absolutely i i don't want to say i like it i don't want to say i like it but moira turning up to twist the neck of mary jane watson oh god (laughs) <laughs> it was it was a great moment like her just her hand showing up like that was it's a big move it was a good power move but it's also like i don't know she's sitting up there smug with orcas and she's like you shouldn't be with them um she's too enmeshed with them i just i don't like seeing her this close to nimrod who you know she's died at the hands of um if i remember correctly it's like you guys are supposed to be enemies and like you're you're sitting down with him it's, it's not yeah. good well, that's the thing is that he doesn't know her as an enemy yet. She's played that that's safe. True. He hasn't. But I, I, what surprised me was how quickly she went into full, like, robotic skull look. This... Oh, yeah. It was, like, as soon as, like, you know, a card on the table, like Destiny Mystique Corner, she's just like, fine, I'm going to be a, the big bad now. Like, it's it's Terminator time. <laughs> Truly. And um, we were talking briefly about, like, what I see as her boredom. And I think like her coming through this many lives and replaying this same thing with sort of five percent variation every time has just led to a level of boredom now that's led that's created, in my mind, a really sort of what seems to us quite erratic character. But for her, probably not. Like I've done these eight things and none of them worked. So now I'm gonna go as far to this side as I can because that's the only thing I haven't done anymore. So right. I, it, it almost feels like they've created this character where it's impossible for her to be written badly or 
uh, incoherently because no matter how extreme of an action or out of character an action that she takes, you can always justify it by positing that she's done this in a previous life and this is some 3D chess move. Right. Um, in the same way that, like, you know, Destiny is her her inverse. It's like, you can make anything Destiny does make sense later. Because it's like, oh, this is part of a grand scheme that's going to make sense 10 years down the line. Same with Moira. It's like, well, this will eventually make sense because, you know, she did this and it did or didn't work five lifetimes ago. Just wait and see. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so how would you how would you deal with Moira? Tell us, tell us the answer to the question. Well, I mean, there's like, how do you deal with her morally? And then how do you deal with her like within the narrative, which morally I, she's got to go, but it's like, I don't want them to kill her just straight up. I know that's the easiest solution, but it's like, I feel like the mutant kind has kind of moved beyond just killing their problems. Like I know they've got the pit, which is also moral, but it's like, there's got to be a more elegant and more um, kind of um, not remorseful. There's got to be a better, more ethical solution to dealing with her than just like putting a bullet in her head. Um, I, I'd like to see some sort of restorative justice where, like, you know, she, like, is able to kind of right the wrong she did to Krakoa and, like, make things better for everyone and help move mutant kind forward to what she promised them they were going to be instead of, you know, an endgame of extermination. I don't know how you get her to do that. Um, I think you have to somehow promise her what she's been missing, which was the tranquility of life one, an alleviation to her boredom. Um, you have to make her think that, like, what she really wants is possible. And I think she's lost that. She doesn't think that she can be human again. She doesn't think mutant kind can be saved. So she's ready to get rid of it all. You have to show her that that's possible. That is so, that's so right. And you make me think of something I haven't thought about before, but she did. She valorized and like her dream was the normalcy of life one. So it's not a massive surprise that her dream for mutants is normalcy, quote unquote, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it does make me think about the situation that they've put the uh, the kids from the vault in. Because every, okay. every big mission, you see the X-Men dealing with different types or different variations of incarceration. Um, while also in Sabretooth and the Exiles, sort of playing mm-hmm. with the idea of their obsession with incarceration. So yes. we have like the Cordyceps Jones locking you in a big... Uh, hermetically sealed metal box. Don't ask me how we hermetically sealed the metal box, but we did. Then you had the pit. Then you had um, those weird little um, dreamscape pods for the kids in the vault. Yes. And what if you could give Moira what she wanted? What if you could lock her in code that gave her what she wanted? And that's exactly what I was thinking. I was just like, all right, like... First, you got to get her to kind of fix everything she did. She has to unfuck things. But then it's like, what if you, like, Professor X is able to kind of, like, put her in this illusion or forge built on those little Matrix devices and make her think she's living back in life one. She's like, you're a human again. You've got kids. You don't know anything about mutants. You're going to live a normal life and you're going to be happy. It's like, and that's how she just lives out the rest of her days. Like, it's, it, you're kind of, like, cheating her of some stuff, you know, but, like, maybe that's what she wants. She wants to live in the Matrix. Or, well, maybe you could start weaponizing resurrection. If you want to be normal so bad, here's a human body. Go back. So, I mean, they they have used resurrection now for non-mutants. Like, they brought back Captain America. So, I mean, I wonder if she'd consent to that. It's like, that's the thing. You have to convince her of all this stuff. And I think at this point, she's done bargaining with them. She just wants to fight. But it's just like, 
you got to get like like Banshee or like Professor X or someone she's got a connection with to like yeah. convince her. And that's going to be the hard part, I think, because like she doesn't want to do any of that. She's happy being the villain at this point, or she thinks she is, which is different. Um, it might just take the right touch, but I don't know what that is. Like she, she killed and skinned Banshee just to get through a gate. Like, is she going to sit down and listen to him? Like kind of pour his heart out to her or to Charles. She already said straight to his face, like, fuck you, Charles. And I get it. She, she did do that. She did do that. And there's a recklessness about her. That is, um, uh, that is really compelling. So if she doesn't change her mind, how do you deal with a Moira that will not negotiate? that's the hard part. That's kind of where it comes to like, you know, it's like, well, the easiest thing to do is kill her, which one is not easy. And two, I think it's not a fun narrative solution. It's too easy. I don't know what to do with someone who like refuses to change. It's kind of the like thing with someone like Mr. Sinister or professor X. It's like, yeah, they could change and be better, but if they don't want to, you can't really make them do it. Yeah. So that's the hard part. Um, There's got to be some emotional connection you can pull on there. Like someone or something from her past, one of her past lives that you can yank on that makes her like think differently. Do you know what? Do you know what I'd love? And I've just literally just thought about this now. I'd love it if X-Force, instead of being like weed whackers every fucking week. Yeah. If it was like a proper espionage book, like Mm. in... In Marauders, we know they're fighting ancient versions of Archaea and Sublime. But in this life, we know that Archaea is like a technological virus. So why couldn't X-Force, say if you walked into X-Force lobby and you went, right, we need a confrontation between Moira and Archaea. Because why don't we just get the two fucking tech villains to have it out? Why are we trying to fight on two fronts? That would be be very interesting. Um... I think in order to do that, you kind of have to, this goes back to the beast thing. You got to have someone else in charge of X-Force, like Sage, someone who actually wants to use these resources for a stated purpose um, rather than just for their own twisted ends. Um, But yeah, like have, have someone else deal with her and like, kind of like pick up the pieces afterwards. That's that's interesting because like my fear is like, she's just going to like run roughshod over everyone, especially if she has Orcus and like, they can't kill Nimrod. How are you going to kill her if she's got Nimrod with her? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So tell me, as we close out, tell me the the boo 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 tomato store. Tell me one time when you've actually sympathized with Moira and why. Ooh. Okay, hitting me with the hard one at the end. Um <laughs> I think kinda like maybe life seven which is kind of when she starts radicalizing because like at that point she's feeling desperation set in she's like i've already burned through like a good chunk of my lives a bunch of reasonable stuff hasn't worked i gotta start taking extreme measures and it's like you can feel like the fear the like you know she's trying all the stuff and even the extreme stuff isn't working um so i i I get i relate that sense of like you know like the walls are closing in um the things that i think are going to work aren't working she can't outwit this stuff like you know ai coming for everyone which hello ai art um so yeah i i I definitely sympathize with her in that moment when she like felt like she thinks she's a smart woman and she feels like it's not enough okay excellent i mean i i struggle to find a moment when i sympathize with her i think i probably came closest when i realized she had uh terminal cancer because yeah when i was like life has been your curse and now death is your curse 
And I, I remember reading that page and going, damn, you can't win. <laughs> she really can't. Like, you can't. Like, she's 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 really, really done a fucking backflip. But, you you know, she didn't have the best... She didn't get dealt the greatest hand, but then hey, we're it's a mute. You're a mutant. Who has? Show me. Right. Show me a handful of aces here. I mean, like yeah, like a lot of people have like terrible mutations to deal with. Um, it's unfortunate that her mutation is like you're the most important person in reality, and you're going to be alive for a thousand years. Uh, yeah. How like, how sad? That's that's a real how, burden. How terrible. Oh no. <laughs> well, she she kind of made it sad because she decided it was a burden. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> but as you said like who wants to live through like 10 times of being a baby so that is true that is true like i've i can imagine the only saving grace about being 13 was i only had to do it once like, that's yeah, it absolutely not <laughs> all right okay well thank you josh it's been a pleasure to talk to you friend uh, everybody else thank you for coming and joining us again uh you know what it is Hope you've had fun. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Uh, I've been Ashley. And I've been Josh. And you've been listening to X of Words. Oh, you've been listening. Yes, I have been. She's fancy. (laughs) She's been practicing. Someone that choke, someone that fit aside.